Hi, it's Tuesday morning. Trying to get back in the swing of things. Um, I promised our good friend Gluck Plumbing to uh, do some work on Purim this week. I hope to do several um, if it works out. I have a long one prepared, but that's not what I want to talk about this morning, just for a few minutes. And that's the whole subject in general of Queen Esther, who is very much a Moses-like figure, Moshe like figure. And by that I mean that when it comes to Moshe Rabbeinu on the one end and Queen Esther on the other, we know nothing about their younger years. And therefore there's a lot of speculation back and forth. So when it comes to Moshe, I mean, there's just different schools of thought in Chazal. You don't know which is the exact one or how it's to be interpreted. For example, did Moshe grow up from or did he grow up Gaish? Was he raised really by his mother and all the rest of it? And he had what we call today Yeshiva education, even though Somewhere or other, he lived in Pharaoh's palace, or do you say the opposite? <clears throat> this would be reflected in the famous Machlokis in Chazals, I repeat, in Chazals. How did Moses kill the Egyptian who was beating up the Hebrew servant? Once as he used to shame Hashem. Well, that means that he was obviously raised not only in a from environment, a Yeshivish environment, even a Kabbalistic environment, I mean, to use the shame Hashem, a prince of Egypt. That's number one. But the other school of thought is, no, Moshe, you know, uh, smashed the guy's head in with a with a shovel or something like that, right? Which means that he was a guy, you know, like that. Now, which is the real one? Yeah, we, we don't know. <clears throat> Some say Moshe was a twenty when he went out to visit the Jews. Forty, sixty. It makes it makes a big difference between twenty and sixty, you know. Uh, and we have all those stories about Moshe being a general in the Egyptian army, marrying an Ethiopian princess, etc., etc., etc. I mean, that's one type of Moshe, and they can have a different version in which Moshe. If he used the shame Hashem, was uh, Mamisha, you know, already holding by 40 days and 40 nights early in his life, you know. Similarly, when it comes to Queen Esther, you have a real Esther, uh, which means mystery. Her name is Esther, and according to some, her name was Adas, and, we, and she's nicknamed Esther. You know this from the Gemara, because uh, of the mystery around her. Now, the Gemara says, because she kept herself mysterious by not telling the fact that she was Jewish, which was a smart move. Uh, a necessary one. However, you know, it, it, there are other ways of learning it as well. And one of them is that you and I do not know the mystery of Esther, if I can use this, meaning who the heck is this person and how old was she when it came and what's her what's her story and what's her background? All we know is that she was related to Mordecai, Batilo Labas, and he raised her as a daughter. Now, the thing is like this. Now, um, so what was I saying? The, the, we're looking at um, Queen Esther, and it would seem, let's put it this way, you read the Megillah regular. Esther is a young, beautiful girl. That's why the king takes her. And I'm going by Pushup Shot. She wins the beauty contest, all the rest of it. She has class and, and not only beauty. And uh, she didn't want to go, but, you know, but nevertheless, once she went, she won. And she came to Queen, as we all know. And so that would mean that, uh, you know, Mordechai, Asher, Hoglom, Yerushalayim, Bimei, Yechanya, Mordechai was real old. Esther was some relative of his whose parents died and he took her in. That's a mitzvah. He raised her. She wasn't left to be, a, you know, an orphan without a family. Batila Abbas, and she was like a daughter to him. And they're not married. And then, what he called, then, you know, the, then she ends up being the queen and a Persian, all the rest of it. The problem is, as we all know, it's a famous Gemara Rameir who said, Atikula Labas Alabais. Rameir said they were actually married. 
And there's a whole bunch of Gemaras and Midrashim and Agaratos are based on the, and Rishonim and Achronim, based on the fact that she's married. Therefore, she's an Ashish. And that complicates matters, and you end up in the Gemara saying, you know, she, Yoshevis Vitovelis, Micheko Shalzel, Licheko Shalzel, and Mishameshis Bamoch. You have all kind of strange uh, Gemaras in there in which the Halachic mind is stretched to the limits of ingenuity, trying to figure out how it's possible to explain the story. And then you're left with the final kasher avodati avodati, in which you move from the fact that until now it was onus and now it's baraton. If it's going to be baraton, she has bia with the king baraton. She'll be have to uh, she'll be also to Mordechai. And you know I've spoken about that in the past. And all that. in other words, we can definitely move in that stream, but it's not what it says. And therefore, there's always been a school of pashtonim from. We've always had trouble with this um, uh, um, Agatha of Rameir, that they were married, and asserted that they were not married for one reason or another. There is a separate group of Rishonim who, for completely different reasons, do not believe that she was married. That's from a Lumdisha perspective, which has nothing to do with ideology, modern Orthodox, anything like that. It has to do with Famous sugya in Yharglal uh, Yavar in, in, in um, what do you call it, in Sanhedrin, Ein Dog. I'm sure most people listening here have heard about it one time or another. Uh, I probably said it somewhere along the line. Where the Gemara says Yharglal Yavar includes Gila Rashvich Dumbodazar, the big three. And the Gemara says Esther, and, and if it's Befar Hesya, then it's the big 613. It's not only the big three, person Yharglal Yavar, for anything which is Befar Hesya. Uh, like I say, I'm sure. Uh, just about everybody's heard all that stuff. And um, what do you call it? You know, uh, the Gemara says that Esther was before Hesia, so why didn't she give up her life? What, um, uh, because it, how could she be with the king and have relations with the king if everybody knew that, uh, you know, that she's Jewish? Now, this is another loose end in the Megillah story, in the, according to the Chazal. In general, actually, in the Megillah story, because it's, on the one hand, it says Esther never told who she was. On the other hand, it seems like all the Jews knew. How could, And the Gemara even says if they would make a, a, a get or something like that, there'd be a Tosa says there'd be a coal. People would talk about it. I mean, you're telling me that she was the queen of Persia and she won the beauty contest, all this other business, and none of the Jews said she's one of ours? Right? Now, I have a way around that. Uh, in other words, the Jews said she's one of ours, but I have a way around that. And that is that the Gemara says, and it makes sense, Vati Esther no Everybody liked her. Everybody said she's one of ours. So God arranged matters in such a way that everyone claims she's definitely one of ours. So then that takes care of the problem. The Jews said, oh, she's a Jewish girl. But the Greeks said she's a Greek girl. The Armenians say she's an Armenian girl. The Babylonians say she's a Babylonian girl, and so on and so forth. So the king may have heard, and Haman may have heard, oh, she's definitely Jewish. But he said, yeah, you're full of it. You know, everybody says she's Egyptian, she this, that, and the other. She's Esther. She's hidden. She's a secretive. So, Nin also would therefore cancel out the problem that the Jews are talking about it, you know, something like that. But in that case, the why does Tosa say, they're afraid of a coal with the get. It's, it's, it's not so easy, but I think that's the basic idea why God arranged matters. Or let me put it this way. 
Mordechai, who is a smart cookie, arranged matters by telling her, don't say who you are, and that way everyone will speculate about you, and that way the Jewish claims that they all know you will be subsumed in a larger uh, wave of uh, Gaisha statements in which everybody will say they know you. And elders, let's put it this way, the Babylonians say, that's one of our girls. I remember when she was a, a, a little girl in my candy store. And the Greeks and the Armenians, the Egyptians, and the Moabites, oh, I remember her when she was like this. Knows they're full of it. They make st- stuff up. That is how these things happen. So the Jews will say, I remember her in Shul. I remember she was married to Mordecai or something like that. I don't know, you know, whatever. And the the, the king will say, yeah, they all say that. You know what I mean? It canceled out, the, it canceled out that a matter of squealing. But nevertheless, you know, let's put it this way. Nevertheless, she goes and wins the contest. And so um, you're telling me she's married. So the Gemara says, Esther befarhesi havia. What do you do about the fact that Esther should have given up her own life if she was married to Mordechai um, because it was a Maise befarhesia? Um, and even if she's not, I mean, I don't want to get into the nitty gritty of the Sugar Bihargwa Yavar, maybe even if she wasn't married, you know, befarhesia, you can't do it. I mean, that's different Roshonim on that. And um, the Gemara answers, as, as I think is very famous, that either she was Karka Olam or it was Hanoa Satsman. I, I believe everybody knows what I'm talking about. She was entirely passive, or the king did not do it for conversionary purpose. Abaya versus Rava. And Tosis famously, or Roshonim famously asked, why do you say that Queen Esther was a case of Arhesi? Why don't you say Esther was a case of Eshetish, of Gilarias? So in other words, the Tosis and all those other Roshonim that asked that famous Kasha, so it's what you call swarming mechutz. It's it's what the gemara doesn't say. Uh, sometimes you're troubled by what the gemara does not say, and uh, they say, well, you know, Esther was Varhesi. No, she better than that. Ask better. Say, how could she sleep with the king? She was an ishesish. And Tosis famously gives his answer, you know, and others give their answers. Uh, I won't go through all of them, you know. You can say Karkolon covers both, whatever. But some were shown him, again, coming without any ideology whatsoever, purely on the lumdus of it, bothered by this obvious kasha of why does Nagamora ask the question that Esther should have given up her life, you heard well, Yavar, because she was a shasish. And some were shown him, uh, the Palomar versus Ramban, you look it up over there, on, on, in, in Ayan Dalid, uh, some were shown him say like this, the Gemara doesn't ask Esther being an Eshetish because she wasn't. The Gemara doesn't say Esther was uh, a case of Gil Arise because it wasn't. Who says she was married to him? I, a drusha. It's a drusha on the Valderon. There are a lot of drushas out there, but it's not really true. You understand? Or let me put it this way. Let me, let me be more exact. The Makshan in the Gemara Sanhedrin, the Gemara, which asked the question in Sanhedrin, which says Esther was a case of Farhesia, that particular questioner did not believe that Esther was a case of Eshazish. Okay? Now, there's a number of Rishon and Ramban, there's a number of Rishon that hold that way. And like I said before, they're coming from strictly Lumdisha perspective. Then, on the other hand, there's another school of thought which comes at it from a Pashab shot. Which means, really? Mordechai married her? Uh, wasn't he much older? The Ibn Ezra, very interestingly, s- sort of hints at it, where it says, uh, 
There's a Yachid, meaning Rameir, who says that they were married. This is Ibn Ezra, not me. But, you know, maybe uh, Mordechai had that in mind, but he never actually did it. That's a, a light, gentle way of Ibn Ezra saying that, you know, it didn't happen. At the most, he suggests, not me, this Ibn Ezra, that when it says, that Mordechai took her for a wife, he planned to, but he never actually did it. Okay? Uh, but others are of the opinion he did it. As you know, most people say, most Russias in my lifetime, including the ones I've used, go to think that she was a Shazish, because it's a lot more interesting that way, uh, and more uh, uh, circuitous, the story. Um, but nevertheless, you have it. Now, understand this well. The mayor says that they were married, you know, I get it. You have to understand, from the Mepharshim down the ages, um, those who were super yeshivish just treat it like any other gadatullah, like a lumdish a problem to crack. But many Mepharshim, uh, especially in the Sephardim, were kind of um, very disturbed by the notion that Ahasuerus was able to take a married woman, sort of like Sarah, you know what I mean? And get away with it. And a Jewish woman who was married ended up somehow or other having a, a relationship, a physical relationship with somebody who's not Jewish. And, you know, and nothing happened to her. She's like a heroine. Uh, that makes no sense. This should be something that's extremely abhorrent. Anything is possible, but they don't like it. And the, and there's nowhere in the Pusik that says it. If the Pusik says that she was married to Mordecai and the king took her anyway, no. Nope. So you have to live with it. You have to eat it. But uh, it doesn't say that. So it's just a drusha. I think I may, I see I underlined, I just opened up my Manos Halevi, which is one of my favorite books on, on um, Gil Sester. This is very long. And I see that I highlighted, so maybe I used it in some earlier years, but um, the Manos Halevi, you know, from Alkabet, when it goes in the Pusik, Atiklabais Alabais, you know, that he married her, he says, hey, this is the uh, Manos Halevi talking, not me. Hain Emes Yomim Bishonim. Yoshafti Meshomim Umarid Al Dibracham Al Ma Dibracham Dabr Zeh Kozeh. I've been shocked at this and very disturbed over the fact that the Chazal say that they were married, even though the Pasik doesn't say we're married. Yomim Vashanim, for many years, Yoshafti Meshomim Umarid. I've been stunned and trembling on, on this Chazal. And you see the Gemara takes it seriously because the Gemara talks about the fact, like I said before, that she was living both with Mordecai and with Esther. It's a ugly, this is the, the, the Monoslavi talking about. It's an ugly thing, you know, what kind of a life did she lead over there and so forth. Um, so you see, it's not just an isolated uh, Vart, but the Gemara like goes with it, and it's bothered me. He says for many years, okay, you know Yosheves Tovelus Yosheves Chekel Shal Mordechai, Vadover Zor Meod, Vanoshim Bnei Yisrael Rab Menichbanim Mehem Histir Upon Menod, and most Jews Rab Menichbanim 
they kind of skip over Elijah. In other words, when they get to Miguel Sester, they don't want to talk about it. They're not saying the Mar is wrong. They're not saying that the Drush is not correct. The history they hide the, the you know he's Esther, you know. So they're becoming Esther. Omehem Chizku Pneim Lachisho. Some Mafarshim go so hard, go so far as to deny it. Like I just read Yidibin Ezra, for example, you know, that he thought about it, never did it. And at the most, some say that, meaning the Mahadrim and the Mahadrim who try to go with this, but try to, you know, lessen it, say that she and Mordechai never actually had relations. They were just Aresim. It's a little bit weird, but okay, you know, there was not Nisuin. And she wasn't yet married. So knows that at the, at the time the king took her, um, they just had Aresim, they didn't have Nisuin yet. Me, myself, and I, says the Manosa ladies, I'm a from me, and I don't know. And I, if a Chazal said, I hold on to the skirts of the Chazal. If they say it, they say it. So, in other words, in Kabbalah, in the Kabbalah, as they say. But still, it is strange. But it is problematic. Notice, I'm, if, if, the, if Rameir says they were married, I don't do no shit. They were married. It's not they planned to marry. It's not as Aresim. They had Aresim soon. Get over it, as we say today. Get over it. But still, it is fair to me. And, and the Pusik doesn't say it. You have to change the Pusik from Labayas to Labas, Labayas. You know, because Zivatilo Labas. Zor Maaseyu. Nachria Avodoso. This is strange. It's foreign. Vlibi Omerli. Zor, that whenever you hear something from Chazal that sounds strange, you have to try even harder to uh, find the imus betzedek. Knows you have to you have to accept it and try to be ma'ayin in it because nothing Chazal say is is crooked or wrong. And since God. This is Alkabet's talking. So how much I was bothered by this Indian. God gave me Pshat. At least what I think he says Pshat, which I'm going to share with you. Okay, so it's just an interesting way for him to talk. And it's all in the Pasuk of, you know, Vahiyomenes Hadassah and all that sort of thing. And he um, goes on to suggest uh, the following now it's very long, so I'm not going to read it all because it take too long. I got college in a little while, but um, but he's but uh, I'll tell you where he's coming from. And as I said before, the whole subject of Esther reminds me of Moshe Rabbeinu. Because are you going with this version of Moses or that version of Moses? It's very different. Now, the question has to do with the fact that it says, "Fahi Esther, Hadasahi Esther." So the question, as the Gemara says, is what's the real name, as we all know. And there's a Medrash Rabbah, the Chazal, which says, in Brashish, which says, Bas Esther How old was Esther at the time that she was seized by the king? And you have very different opinions. Rav Amar Bas Arboim right? That she was 40. She was 80, according to Shmuel. Uh, the most interesting one is that she was 75. 
why do I say 70? Hadassah equals 75 or 74 anyway. Uh, and then, you know, let's put it this way. That Abraham left um, to go to Israel when he was 75. So God says, don't worry, one day I'll send somebody who's 75 who will save Kaisrol and Golish or something like that. Okay? Now, hold, so, so let me get this straight. So, first of all, it's strange. And uh, right, that a 75-year-old, 80-year-old, uh, that's number one. Number two, <coughs> as I say before, you have different schools of thought. One way of understanding the story plainly is Esther was young, and she won the beauty contest on her own merits. Okay? You know, you could, you could hear that. Okay? You could hear that. Especially if, <laughs> if you know, the king got a bazooka from all over the kingdom, and she was competing against every hillbilly from the backwoods and all the rest of it. And she came in and she knew what a bar of soap is and she had class and she was a BJJ girl and all the rest of it. King never met anybody like that. He was used to being around a bunch of floozies for all the time because he was one of these Persian kings with a giant harem. Never met anybody with class, with education. That is a way of operating. You could definitely learn that. And so she was beautiful and she had a class and education so he fell for that. Um... A different way of learning the story is there's all men of Shemayim, obviously. And it's Baruful Konolamaka, like the Gemara says. Because Esther becomes the queen before the rise of Haman, correct? Number of years. And so it's all part of a divine plan. And to emphasize the divine... I'm giving the other school of thought in Chazal. To emphasize the... Uh, nature of the divine plan, you say Esther actually was not good looking, but it was a case of like Midsummer Night's Dream in Shakespeare. He put some dust on the king and he fell for her. So no, she wasn't beautiful by normal standards. And there's a Gemara, everybody knows Esther, Yurak, Rokas, Hoysa, and so on and so forth. And she had a Chut Shel Chesed, Moshe Chalel. A Chut Shel Chesed means that God put a wham on her and that, like I say, you know, she just had this magic dust. Or, I mean, I don't mean literally magic dust. She just had a thing where Hashem made everybody think that she's fantastic. Okay? Uh, that would accord with all the opinions I just read you, that she was 40, 60, 80, 75. Uh, how could somebody 80 years old win a beauty contest? Well, you know, now, I'm, I'm serious. You know, how could you win a beauty contest? Uh, and that the king was crazy over her the way the Gemara talks about it, you know... That's what drove Bixen and Serge to try to kill him. He was mamish nuts over her. The answer is Hashem made him nuts over her. You get it? You know, it's a, it's it's not normal. It was supernatural. Although, you have to say that people must have been talking about this. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a, you know, an 80-year-old won the, won the contest. On the other hand, since everything was done, Maybe the public didn't know who she is or something like that. You know, it's it's hard to tell. Um, but if she was 75 years old or something along those lines, then the question for you and I becomes like this. And this is what Amenos Alevi basically says. So let me get this straight. You had a girl who was 75. Uh, she didn't have a life. If she's 80 or even 60, she didn't have a life or even 40. Let me put it this way. 
Mordechai raised her. Um, it says. Uh, how old was Mordechai? Well, if she's 70 or 80, she's as old as Mordechai. Then it makes sense. The, the idea that they're married could make sense. Get it? They were contemporaries. Otherwise, it'd be weird. He's much older than her, and he would marry her. The Gemara even said you're not allowed to do that. So, you know, where would be the marriage and the attraction? But if you say she was 70 or 80, you know, in that range, so how long was this from from, from the time they left uh, Bavel? From uh, Golos Yechonia? Eh, 70 years, something like that, 80 years, you know, Barak. So that already makes sense. Mordechai was a very young guy. See, it puts a spin on the story. Mordechai, when he left, assuming that, you know, he left at a young age, left Israel at a young age, was a, a young fellow. Um, so was he on Sanhedrin? If he was on Sanhedrin, he was like junior member or something like that, which is possible. Sometimes I know he's like 20 years old, so, I don't know, something like that. And he had a cousin. They're all very young people. And the two the two cousins died. No, the parents of Esther die young. And here he is, 20 years old, 22, 23 years old, with a young uh, cousin who's just born. Even so, it's a little weird. Even so. Uh, I guess you'd have to say something like this. That, for argument's sake, this is what I think. You know, he left which is 10 years before the Chorban. So that would mean, you'd have, you'd have to say something along this if you take it plainly, that um, it's more like 80 years old, you know, that Mordechai was a young fellow, up and coming, hot stuff, fine, that's totally possible. We've had people like that. And he leaves with the Dolce um, Esther is his cousin, but they're roughly the same age. Not exactly. Let's say he's, let's say for argument's sake, he's five, ten years older than her. So Mamish, when he's very young, let's say he was ten years old. Esther was born, his cousins died. Um, we don't know who took care of the baby. You know, Mom, but it's if I heal so it sounds like. When he's 10 or 12 years old or something like that, he stepped up to the plate and he paid for her to be Omain, you know, raised and nursed and all that. And she was like a daughter to him. So he'd be like 15, 18, 20 years old with a much younger child, but not a million years younger, you know, five, 10 years younger, something like that. So then you could totally, it's, it's possible that, you know, here he is when he's 25 and she's 15, they got married. I mean, you know, that you could definitely hear, especially in the Middle East. Uh, and then many, many years go by till she becomes 75, 80 years old and ends up with the king. Uh, they had no kids. It's possible, you know, but I mean, they had no kids. Uh, it wasn't known to the king that she's the wife. I mean, it, again, it's possible. Maybe she was called Kvuda Basmelch Panima. You know, nobody ever knew her. But then how did the guards find her to take her for the king's you know, a beauty contest. It's it. That's where he come. Notice what I'm trying to say is like this. That's where the Chazal come up with this business. She was old, okay? Because how could he raise her and this, that, and the other, and marry her, especially unless she was old? Because he was old. Uh, 
That seems to be the argument of the Menusalevi, as I understand it. Uh, on the other hand, if she's that old, then why would he fall for her? Unless he say, she had a chut shel chesed. You know, a chut shel chesed. Which means that the whole thing was operating on a weird uh, basis. And, uh, uh, you know, a meshiv and Allah got it to you. And so then you have it. On the other hand, uh, if you don't say like that, if you say Esther was young, as one would imagine, or even not, so what, he he raised her and he never married her off? Uh, you understand, though, this part of raising somebody is to find a shidduch for them, especially in those days. So, for all I know, for all we know, the plain push of shot would be you had this girl named Esther. Her parents died when she was young. Um, uh, Mordecai raised her. And he married her off. And maybe Esther was married to a guy for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. And the husband died. And maybe she had kids. Maybe not. We don't know. It's Esther. It's all hidden. And uh, therefore it's very speculative when it comes to this sort of uh, business. And you're left with all the halachic ins and outs of the sugya in Sanhedrin. Uh, but the basic idea then goes that uh, she's called Hadassah precisely because um, well-preserved. Uh, you know, Hadassim are, you know, the Gemara says it, you know, that the Hadassim are, uh, as, as I think we all know from Lulav and Esther, they're obviously where one, two, three, the Hadassim go on and on and on. Right? Uh, they had dried out a little bit, but you know, they, they, you can use last year's Hadassim for this year, so to speak. Can't use last year's Aravis from, you know, for a year later. Can't even use last week's. So, um, it's, they, they would have this kind of a quality to it. Um, all I'm saying is that um, Esther remains a mystery not only to the Goyim, but also to the Jews. Because if indeed you go regular, then either she was very young and Mordecai was an old man and raised her when her parents died. But then it wouldn't make sense that he would marry her. So you'd have to go with the shot that they weren't married, like Ramban and the others. Or you say Esther was old. But then, if she was old, she must have been married by this time. Uh, why doesn't it say who she was married to? I don't know. It's not possible to know. Maybe she was married once or twice, and her husband's died or things, things like that happened. For all we know, she might have had kids. I mean, normally speaking, if she was uh, 60, 70, 80, like they're suggesting, normally, and, and by the way, they say she had a child with Achashverosh at the end. So no, she was capable of having children. Uh, so uh, just all I'm trying to say is, and I'll have to stop in a minute, it's getting late. Uh, adjust your sights to think of Esther, possibly, I repeat, possibly, as a, a regular woman, who had, who had had a husband and a family, they're not in the picture now. Let's say the husband's dead. Doesn't necessarily mean she's married to Mordecai. And like I said before, she probably had children somewhere. But this all had to be suppressed. No, it didn't have to be suppressed. It, what do you call it? It was all uh, subsumed in the uh, huge rumor mill that ran at that time because Melamah should call Echad Nidmeso Kumaso. 
that might have been part of the idea of God's Kuchel Chesed. That uh, wasn't simply like in Shakespeare. You know, he put some uh, dust on her and the, and the guy just saw it differently. Although it could mean that too. Uh, but I think Rashi uses that terminology actually in the Gemara. But uh, in, in a more rational way, since she didn't say who she was, everybody hocked big time all the different nationalities in the empire and everybody claimed that it was hers and therefore everybody claimed they know her brother her sister as a matter of fact esther is from my family therefore i want to get a government job you know you know how that works and it all played to the advantage of the jews in the end because haman heard so many rumors that uh he didn't know what to believe uh, in other words one way of hiding a secret is don't talk about it and suppress the information. Another way of hiding a secret, which is also a very good way, is flood the enemy with so much misinformation that they won't be able to tell the true information from the false information. You get it? Put out so much stuff out there that you're just overwhelmed by the quantity of what you, of the information you're getting that you don't know what's really true. I'm sure uh, smart people do it. The Russians have a whole... I'm serious about this. The Russians have a whole science called disinformation. Uh, there are books on it. You can probably Google it, I suppose, which go back hundreds of years. And that's what, 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 what Esther used. Well, let's put it this way. That's what, the, what Hashem put at disposal of the Jewish people for the uh, triumph of Esther and downfall of Haman, this overload of information. And so you heard so much rumors and so much stuff that, you know, the, the real truth was buried among all the others. So it was in plain sight. It was in plain sight, but it wasn't because of of, of the huge rumor mill. Anyway, once again, I want to thank uh, Gluck Plumbing for at least inspiring uh, some of these uh, ideas, and uh, we'll get back to this later.